0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, McDonald's. McDonald's supports Ronald McDonald House charities who provide space for millions of families each year to spend quality time together when their child is in the hospital. McDonald's, serving here. I'm Bob Boylan with All Songs Considered. So I'm gonna do this, because they do this in the movies. On April 14th, 2008, Mm. a slightly tentative Laura Gibson came to NPR to perform at my desk. Here's a tape of the introduction Stephen Thompson and I gave that day recounting how this concert came to be The, the little backstory of this is that uh, Stephen Thompson and I uh, loved Lord Gibson 's music, and we went uh, eagerly to see and hear at South by Southwest in Austin uh, at the end of the month. when we got to this place called the Rusty Crusty like nickel, nickel or whatever it was nickel. called the thirsty <laughs> yeah. nickel the something nickel the crowd you'll hear Laura's very very uh, gentle, and the crowd just talking was louder than Laura and we we glared at the sound person to try to do anything we could to get we shushed (laughs) we we even did that and uh at the end of the concert we realized we hardly heard a word Laura sang, and it was sort of really disappointing so uh she came down off the stage and and uh Stephen introduced himself to her and yeah I just I just I just realized that rather than going to shows where very quiet singer-songwriters are drowned out, uh, we could just have them perform at our desks. <laughs> so so uh, it, there's a little element of uh, of self-interest and laziness, but also... And, uh, she, Laura should be heard. And, and so so Stephen invited Laura to come play at my desk, and she called a week or whatever so ago and said, I think, basically, I'm coming to town. <laughs> and uh, we said, well, we got the desk ready, so we're going to videotape this for our... <laughs> Our blog, and, uh, and maybe it's the start of something, and maybe it's not, but we're certainly glad to have Laura Gibson here today. Thank oh, you thank for doing you. this. Okay. <laughs> it seemed a wacky idea at the time. Now, 750-some-odd Tiny Desk concerts later, it seems commonplace, though it's still pretty darn special. On this edition of All Songs Considered, a conversation with Laura Gibson remembering that nerve-wracking mm. first Tiny Desk concert. Our conversation opens with Laura Gibson describing that bar in Austin, the Thirsty Nickel.
1: I can still picture the space pretty clearly. It was such a rough show. I'm such a quiet person and have such a quiet voice that the minute I got on stage, I was like, oh, this is maybe a terrible idea to have flown down here and played my quiet songs in this really noisy room.
0: Describe the room to people. um, It
1: was kind of a long hallway of a kind of narrow room and the bar was just up front. And it was one of those shows that I don't think they checked people at the door. They just kind of let everyone in. I, I just imagine people that really wanted to party <laughs> were were in this loud, loud chaos of South by Southwest. And they're like, oh, finally a bar. We can hear each other talk <laughs> because my, my voice and my songs were so quiet.
0: The two things I remember was that it was basketball season and people were watching a basketball game and cheering. Oh! Uh, I also remember them pointing this A speaker out into the street, <laughs> like so. Even the PA was against you. You know, I mean, they, yeah. they were trying to attract more people, but you, we couldn't hear you. But but keep yeah. going with your memory.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was on the stage, and I think two minutes in, I was like oh my gosh I have 45 more minutes to go how am I gonna do this and and I and I saw you guys out there I recognized you guys and was like well I can't just phone it in (laughs) you know I got it and and there's friends various friends from um from music that I had that had come and and everyone was I got the feeling everyone was really with me and and I think that made me just want to go for it as much as I could even if you still couldn't hear me <laughs> and, and, and it was just um, you
0: and an acoustic guitar right I mean I don't yeah
1: well my friend Dave Depper he sat in on a couple songs but it was one of those things we just uh, he's been my best buddy forever and he was playing with another band and and it was kind of like oh why don't you sit in and yeah we can run it once in a hotel room it'll be fine and and then, and then we couldn't he got up there to play with me and we couldn't quite hear each other and so it was just a really rough time <laughs> but funny at the same time I think the audience was so kind and sweet and with me I remember looking out and seeing Steven raising his fist at the sound engineer Stephen so I thought all right, right. Yeah, yeah 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 but you know I was still at the point it was just after my first I mean not long after my first record um, before my second record and I was still at the place where I was just not sure if this Whole thing was for me. In, the whole big in playing music
0: picture, right?
1: Music and touring and playing shows. And I, you know, I'm quiet and I don't think of myself as a real sparkly performer. And so I was just kind of at that sort of sensitive point and not knowing, like, so far it had gone nicely. And, you know, I had this, my first record and I, would we didn't have a publicist. We'd, at that point, we just like had a party and mailed packages off and.
0: Had you played much out of Portland or or the? I you know? did.
1: I, I mean, I I did a couple short tours before then, but they're the kind of shows you know, a lot of house shows and places where the people were there expecting to <laughs> to see me, and right. and I'd played a few loud bars, but um, but this was like particularly loud, and you know, it just felt so tough the whole way through. And then I remember getting off the stage. And I was like, well, I should say hi to the, the NPR guys. <laughs> and I was so, like, had this inner turmoil or kind of also, also adrenaline from having, like, gone through this thing and in front of people and and struggled. And I thought, well, the only thing worse than, like, playing that show would to be, like, immediately burst into tears <laughs> upon, <laughs> upon meeting these very kind NPR guys that, like, Stuck it out with me the, the whole show and you guys were so funny and and nice and um, immediately had the idea of playing at your desk and I think at the time I was like sure you no know, sure not I kind of thinking that'll prob that probably won't really happen
0: <laughs> <laughs> right it, it felt at the time like it was just chit-chat in a room that was yeah fun,
1: one though. of those yeah. midnight yeah south by south West ideas that probably won't <laughs> come right. into fruition.
0: Now I can't remember the next part of the story, which is whether whether I contacted you or, or you you were touring with the Decembrist, right?
1: Yeah, I was. Um, so I was at the time I I knew that I would be in D.C. a month later because I had gotten um, Colin Malloy had a solo um, of the Decembrist, had a solo tour and he it had, had invited me to open and that was a really big. Deal for me, and, and the first time I played in front of lots and lots of people, and um and he, so I knew that I would play in D.C. and and I think I probably knew the date because I always I had like a date memory, and so I was like, all right, I'll be I'm coming to D.C. on this date and April and, fourteen, I think it was. Yeah, <laughs> and so I think we had I mean, maybe I don't know who followed up with whom, but we played in D.C. on a Sunday night.
0: That wasn't the Shirley Collins tour. What was he?
1: Uh, Sam Cooke.
0: All right. So Colin Moy was doing a Sam Cooke uh, tour. He had done a little EP, right?
1: He did these tour-only EPs of covers um, every time he did a solo tour, and yeah. yeah, it was it was really fun. So I stayed. We played in D.C. that Sunday, and they were going on to New York in the tour bus. I was riding along with them in the tour bus, and and I was like, well, I'm gonna stay and play. At Bob Boylan's desk <laughs> tomorrow morning <laughs> and they're like all right I guess it's like are you sure <laughs> and um, and my boyfriend was actually on tour and we happened to meet in uh, Washington DC and so um, he was with me Sean was with me in that and we went into the NPR office and I still wasn't sure <laughs> you know if this was really gonna happen <laughs> even though we had had a few more emails by then and then I I performed at at your at your desk we, and sat there, you, I think we
0: sat you in a chair behind uh my desk it was very low <laughs> yeah a, a single <laughs> microphone
1: i think it, the mic was like duct taped to the <laughs> to <this laughs> ceiling or something i remember it kind of like hanging
0: <laughs> very possibly how did it feel to play because these days we'll we'll get a crowd of a hundred or, or hundred and fifty people. Then it was I don't think we made an announcement to tell employees to come. I...
1: Yeah, I think you did, but it was it was sort of a come to Bob's desk,
0: okay. <laughs> and
1: and and people were like, all right. And but it was a it was a pretty small crowd, or people were a little, you know, curious, but also working. And I remember because I was touring with. Colin Malloy and the Decemberists crowds are are full of these wonderful theater kids (laughs) that (laughs) like to sing along with people I'd been playing these shows and I had a song where I every night would ask them to sing along and and they would very enthusiastically and articulately say yes we'd be pleased to sing with you and the crowd and when I got there you know it was Monday morning at the office and I was like okay if you guys want to sing along and everybody just looked at me <laughs> like we're at work
0: <laughs> I think I'm going to pull up a little volume here on this let's see if I am close to the place is this a song? yep and this song is called Night
1: Watch let's listen a little
0: together
1: as if the Could bring me back. They say that love can bring you back.
0: little da da da's in the crowd (laughs) 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 what is it like to hear yourself this is precisely well precisely meaning with give or take a week uh 10 years ago the style of music you were doing the your voicing and
1: yeah it is really strange i haven't listened to that or, or really anything of myself from any era but especially of of that era and it's funny because I that record in particular was my first group of songs and, and it was really a record about being alone in the world and being a person in the world but what it means to be in community and 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 loving people but also to just what does it mean to be
0: alone and this um, is it if you come to greet me
1: yeah oh. yeah and um and it's funny I mean it I think everything I've written <laughs> since then also has to do with being alone and quite often and and also being in uh, with other people and connecting with other people, and and it's funny. A lot of those songs, I sort of am imagining other places in them, and I n- always notice that when I listen to the songs on that record, that most of them were written in this in this small room alone, and and I was imagining a lot of things, like what if I were this, what if I were this, and now I I think I write, you know, maybe from a place of I, they're still imagining happening, but it I tend to kind of be a little more present in, in what's going on, trying to describe that.
0: Uh, and, and the quality, your the tone of your voice, is that...
1: Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I think my voice is still delicate. My range is, has expanded quite oh, a yeah. bit, I think, just from singing. You know, I, I hadn't really sang much before I made that first record. Um, not much in front of people, and I think just playing shows. And, um, and after that, I, I did this record with... Um, Ethan Rose, a good friend. We did a collaborative record where it was, which was more experimental, and I think I tested the limitations of my voice, and and it just I kind of grew into my voice quite a bit since then. But it's nice to hear. I I, I like um, it's a baby baby
0: voice. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty beautiful. The effect of I mean, early on, Tiny Desk didn't have quite the range of people watching it as uh, as it does now. But what affected Doing that concert have on you, if any?
1: It's funny. At first, I wasn't sure. You had sent you sent me a, a nice email afterwards, saying like people really like it, and um, and with some comments from people. And I I didn't quite understand the the effect it had until a little bit later. Maybe when I kept meeting people at shows that said, "Oh, the first time I heard you was on that first Tiny Desk concert." And I mean, there's different ways to to think about the effect. I think, um, certainly introduced me to a a larger audience, and and every time an anniversary happens or we've talked about it, you know, it's it's been new people have been introduced to my music, you know, a number of times, and just um, because of its existence and and what it grew to be, and so that's so wonderful and helpful. And also I think just being, as I said, I was kind of in this moment that I wasn't quite sure if music was for me. And and that experience of, you know, having this terrible feeling show and and being in the middle of it and thinking like this is just not working and to have this amazing thing come out of it. <laughs> and and um, I think that has really been something that, that both changed my understanding of what having a music career would be but but also I continued to see that you know your expectations are never met but always exceeded at the same time and I think again and again, I'm always just so many things don't happen or things go wrong or I think you know and on tour and and making records and but at the same time, I'm just forever delighted and surprised by the things that just come from nowhere or come from
0: the worst possible moments sometimes
1: terrible moments right. yeah and um and so i think that was for me in that moment of my career in that moment for me as an artist it was just so important for me to learn that because it's been how <laughs> how it is you know and and how having a an artist's career is is so much like that there's just so much surprise and you just never know from one moment to the next what's um, what are the things that become the memorable highlights and, and had we not done the tiny desk, um, had that not happened, or had I not been coming through DC the, the next month or I um, it, had it just ended up being one of those ideas <laughs> that, that come at midnight in Austin. And,
0: don't and come to fruition.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, I still possibly would have laughed at that bad show and, and went forward, but I think to have such an extraordinary, Extreme example of, of something wonderful and and helpful coming from something that just felt like might, might be the end, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, I think that that's such a important thing for me to have learned at that point that I am, you know, I continue to, to learn that now. And, you know, I just finished my fifth record and, and I still, I'm always kind of doors opening and, and opportunities coming and, um, friends and collaborations and, and there, there's so much that I'm still uh, quite surprised by all the time, which is great. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. Is there anything that maybe mm-hmm. you, you wanted to say that didn't get asked or anything?
1: Um, well, thank you <laughs> for, <laughs> for following through <laughs> with an idea that could have just remained an idea. And I hope that we're at the 10-year anniversary. So I look forward. To, <laughs> I'm imagining the 50-year the anniversary when the Aww. the the chip in, in your brain downloads <laughs> questions to the chip in my brain. And then, <laughs> and then we send them out into the world. And we're s- still as delighted and, and surprised by things as we were 10 years ago. <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Laura Gibson. She continues to be an artist we love and listen to all these years later. Laura returned for a second Tiny Desk concert, the first artist ever to do that. We brought her back for Tiny Desk concert number 200. You can subscribe to the Tiny Desk concert series on your favorite podcast app or watch them at NPR.org. There's also a Roku app. We also post them on YouTube. I'm Bob Boylan for NPR Music. It's all songs considered.
1: Uh, conjure up your words and draw them from your lips as if the words could bring me back they say that love can bring you back